from uh, 12 years experience with, with women entrepreneurs, what I've realized is that they are way more hardworking than I thought and anyone else could think. And that's because they're never in the spotlight. Uh, and that shows a different perspective that they belong to the kitchen or to uh, factories or whatever, instead of leading something, managing something and, and uh, moving things forward. Welcome to Design Influence. I'm Isabel Swiderski. By many accounts, Kosovo is still a mysterious country for many people outside Europe. When the Kosovo War ended in June 1999, after a controversial NATO intervention, it marked the beginning of a new era. Bordered by Serbia to the north and east, North Macedonia to the southeast, Albania to the southwest, and Montenegro to the west, the young country declared its independence from Serbia in February 2008. It is now recognized by 97 member states of the United Nations, but not by Serbia. In spite of, or perhaps because of, its tumultuous history, the small nation benefits from rich, varied cultural and religious influences. Over the past decade, the country's become the fastest growing economy in the Western Balkans. It's fueled by a young population, over 70% of its citizens are less than 35 years of age. It's digitally savvy, the country boasts an 85% internet penetration, and it's also known for its progressive policies. It's ranked 44 out of 190 economies on the ease of doing business index due to its business-friendly regulatory environment and the government prioritizing digitization of the economy. I recently had a chance to visit Pristina as entrepreneur-in-residence for the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program and got to spend time with Arta Estrefi, the team's ecosystem coordinator in the country. Arta, an experienced private sector development advisor and a PhD candidate, is focused on the growing role of entrepreneurship as an engine for economic mobility, particularly for women. We had a chance to discuss her findings on how the younger generation of female entrepreneurs is taking the lead in developing ambitious, thriving businesses with global aspirations. I did one piece of research, which is uh, more like for a blog rather than uh, something to be published, but it helped me a lot to uh, dive deeper into what I want to do as, uh, as my topic for PhD. Uh, the research was the impact of um, culture on women entrepreneurs in Kosovo. And this was a case study approach. So I had only 15 women interviewed from different regions with different uh, backgrounds and uh, different age groups, because I wanted to see the differences between uh, the generation wise um, and rural versus urban and uh, to see where, where we're lacking with the, the mindset approach and, uh, and um, what's the difference in, in, in all these categories. And obviously, just like I uh, expected in uh, urban areas, women are more um, entrepreneurs driven and they think more globally, not just like within their small uh, scale type of business. Uh, they have uh, better aspiring to um, to grow their businesses and also to become uh, really independent. Uh, and these are the women that I call them distinguished women, uh, which uh, comes from uh, from something that they can become moms of many children and uh, perhaps good wives, <laughs> but still be a very, very good entrepreneur. 
And uh, these were the cases where, uh, according to what I interviewed, uh, they um, everything they dedicate to their parents and their uh, up the, their ways of upbringing. So that's why they said that you know you pick your uh, partner uh, based on what your vision is. So you could like divorce easily, uh, but you cannot accept someone to kind of. Uh, fall from all your dreams that uh, you want to pursue and this this all comes from women that are uh, with strong personality and uh, that were being like upbringing from their families uh, completely the opposite is for women in rural areas where they kind of try to behave so that the neighbors the family members and everyone would be okay with them rather than them being okay with themselves and there is one specific sentence that I really like want to highlight here. Uh, I interviewed one of the ladies and she said that it takes up to 10 years for women to start a business. And I said, can you define this? What do you mean by that? And she said um, that women are supposed to first get married, uh, have kids. And once the kids are grown enough so that they don't need that much their mom, they can dream or start having a business. Um, and uh, for 10 years, it's also enough time for the family members to understand that she is good enough for the family as well. Uh, so it's all about uh, nurturing and uh, making happy the rest of uh, who you're surrounding with rather than having your own dream and working on it. Then there were cases of women about, because uh, one of the questions was about the networking, like whether there's an access or networking and how, uh, how much they're using the, the digital tools to help their business grow. And she said that if, if we go out after 5 p.m. Uh, to talk with any ladies and it's dark, it's not good because people will talk. And so that's why we prefer better to go home rather than expand our business by having more and more network. And this is particularly um, in some villages and for generation of 40 plus of women that are already in, in the stage where they consider themselves that they are being... Uh, they are. They have sacrificed their life for their kids, meaning that uh, they don't want to challenge the mentality, the mindset, the family. But instead, they said that okay, what we're doing is not good. Uh, however, we can change. We cannot change the way we we grew up and the way we are now. Uh, however, we will change our our kids and we will help them grow in a better direction. So how are you seeing that in terms of the nurturing of children or maybe with the younger generation that you spoke with? Did you see different, I mean, you did say differences between rural and urban, but in rural areas, did you have an opportunity to speak to younger generation women? Yes, and they have completely different mindset. Um, and I had two women that were 23, 24, and not even they have a different perspective on uh, business, but they, they push so much to change the mentality for their families as well on the way how they think that women too should get education and they have to work and uh, work is brings them joy instead of just thinking that maybe it's a financial issue but beyond that it's uh, it's a success and it's a fulfillment and that person might be even a better mom let's say or a better friend or a better sister or whatever so it it wouldn't create challenges or problems in any other um, uh, uh, circumstances, but instead it's the opposite, that 
they will become better human beings if they if they work. And there's one of these cases where um, she employed 28 uh, members of her family, of which none of them worked before, but by pushing them so much, um, and this is like the impact now of younger generation, that kind of it was a good collaboration between the older generation of her family and a young generation bringing a new spirit and a new um, mindset that they, they opened a business and now it's being quite successful in one of the uh, cities that is uh, absolutely not known for business owner, for women business owners. Amazing. So it is from some of those conversations that you decided to found a women's founder of Kosovo or how did that come about? I think the passion and the dedication of working with with women started way earlier than that um i, I think uh, the first thing that i did uh, that had a big impact on women was when I worked as political advisor to the Minister of Trade and Industry. And we were trying to um, launch a new sort of award or product to uh, which we would say like best women entrepreneurs of Kosovo and we would give some prizes and some recognition um, as part of the government of Kosovo in 2011. And by doing that, I had to do some research, like what kind of women entrepreneurs we have in Kosovo. Uh, do we have any organization that kind of collects all of these data, how we should find a way? So we, we saw that there, were, there was a missing um, organization that um, as policymaker, you would contact directly to them. And in collaboration with the United States uh, Agency de Development, with their support and with um, uh, minister support, I was appointed to lead the whole um, um, implementation and establishment of uh, uh, Women Chamber of Commerce, G7, uh, which was led by uh, seven most distinguished women entrepreneurs in Kosovo, and it still exists as of today where I found um, out for so many women in different regions that um, for, for sectors that they, they were like working on and that I was like following that for two years. Afterwards, I worked in textile industry, which is a mo the most labor intensive industry and over 90% of uh, workers are women. Um, again, like I had to kind of work with them, but at the same time, I um, spend a lot of time with them so that I could understand better they, their world, like uh, their behavior, their culture, and uh, and most importantly, why these sectors are chosen by women, because it's like the most difficult type of job, but at the same time, the lowest paid job. So now here we have mainly distinguished women, uh, those women that, as I said, it's not that they, they have the the approach of simply starting a business for financial constraints or any uh, challenges that they have to do it, but instead it's uh, their their choice that they still they simply want to do a business and uh, their idea is to go global, not just be happy with uh, some uh, revenues that would make them happy living in Kosovo. You you mentioned that they're thinking more globally, and and you also talked about uh, a lot of women going in certain sectors, so. Do you see a certain type of, of business or that women with high growth aspirations are starting or is it all kinds? Well, it's interesting because if we look at the data, it's mm, we're, we're not too different from the world in terms of like, uh, okay, still majority in terms of the percentage. There are uh, beauty salons, there are textile industry and agriculture. Those are the three main sectors that are driven by women uh, with 
leading uh, by women, but at the same time hiring more women as sectors. However, statistically in Kosovo, 20% of women are engaged in IT sector, whereas in like global, it's 17%. So we're even better in that aspect. And IT was always considered as one of the sectors that is definitely not for women because it's more, if I could like quote an intellectual type of work, which in some cases it's uh, it's divided between men and women because men are more dominant. So that's why they would choose sectors that are more profitable and at the same time that requires more work. But um, in contrary, the first programmer in the world, it's a woman. So it's it's again, it's a perception rather than a reality. Uh, and I can see um, many cases in Kosovo that women are like uh, running a business in IT, creating e-commerce, uh, working in even CRM systems, point of sale systems, all of which uh, were not um, as much uh, present as uh, five years or 10 years ago. So the trend is going uh, forward in terms of uh, having more women developed in other sectors uh, rather than what we've had before. And this is all about the younger generation, that they always try to find a new way of uh, of doing business and being quite innov- uh, innovative in, in that regard. So let's say we have cases now in textile industry, which is specifically a subsector of uh, designers. And those design the designers are becoming so successful in the world with their dresses being worn in Hollywood, in all the... Oscars in many uh, events that are worldwide uh, seen from uh, from medias that uh, it was not possible uh, 10 years ago from women that would just do some hand knitting or something uh, for for their uh, for their well-being but instead as i said this is like the mentality of global thinking that if uh, if social media is being used they will jump in if uh, there is one thing digitally that is being used uh, abroad then they want to be um, using um, a kind of their approach of business to grow in, in the same level as in a developed country. And so in terms of advantages then, is that what you see, the, the entrepreneurial spirit? Is that what you're seeing as an advantage of women entrepreneurs in Kosovo specifically? Or, or are there other things that you think even maybe more broadly are advantages of operating from Kosovo? From uh, 12 years experience with, with women entrepreneurs, what I've realized is that they are way more hardworking than I thought and anyone else could think. And that's because they are never in the spotlight. Uh, and that shows a different perspective that they belong to the kitchen or to uh, factories or whatever, instead of leading something, managing something and, and uh, moving things forward. However, I've seen that only if the road is not built with stones and with really, really difficult roads, they can um, they can shine like globally and uh, nationally. That's why we have lots of rising stars, especially the new generation. Um, and I and I know that one case that I interviewed, she was pointing out many times that my husband is supporting, my husband is supporting, and at the end of the day, it was she who did everything, like the uh, taking care of kids and uh, taking care of business and everything. But the support of women of uh, her uh, partner was seen more that he's not stopping her. So like 
only if they are not being stopped by people, they can uh, they can grow way better and faster than someone would ever think. And that shows that they have the excitement, they have the hardworking skills, they have lots of ideas, and they really want to succeed, uh, as I said, apart from just generating some money to live. So this, especially for a young generation, I see way more um, uh, potential to grow rather than uh, previous generation because it's uh, uh, most of the young women, they don't really prefer to work on a job eight to four or eight to five or something, whereas they would always like to have uh, their own uh, self-sustainability, like uh, having an, an idea to develop a, a product or a service or something that uh, would make them like feel feel uh, financially self-sustainable, but at the same time not having a boss. So with your varied ex experience working for the minister and then working with SwissCP and then founding Women's Founders Kosovo, what do you think is most needed to support this next generation or or previous generations, frankly, but help founders grow as they as they wish to grow both within Kosovo and globally? I do think that mentoring is really crucial because in our culture, in Kosovo's culture, it's quite known that women don't speak. Women might go through really bad challenges without speaking to anyone. Like uh, we have women in Krušajmoade, which is now globally known for Iva for making this uh, product. And they had this very, very tough journey until they reached to selling uh, Ivar in Kosovo and also exporting. If they only need have some, some kind of support uh, of something like, yes, you can do it and this is the right way and having some connection with someone else and just um, increasing a little bit their, their, uh, yeah. uh, their self-confidence and, um, and obviously support them in their growth, it would be uh, um, highly beneficial. How we can do that as as Kosovo or as, as or what we're doing as VCP and with uh, Women Entrepreneurs Kosovo. Uh, firstly, it's really important to help each other. Um, it's um, it's qu common or it's known that women don't support women like they, there's a jealousy with between each of them. But uh, with the community, I can see there, that there is a different spirit that they they do collaborate a lot. And it's like in most of the cases, women do hire more women than men, uh, or it's at least their preference to, to hire more women than men. And that is a, an, um, an indicator that shows that women want to support other women. Um, and it's always like inspiring for younger generation to see a uh, woman who is leading so that perhaps they too can um, uh, in the future have a business. Second is um, like uh, like we do with SwissCP, we bring uh, different entrepreneurs and residents and they see a different perspective, a different uh, uh, person from a, a different background, a different nationality that they, they share their experience with them and that we believe that this also enlightens their future uh, journey uh, of their business. And then policy-wise, it's, um, it's uh, beyond my own hands in this case and SwissCP, but hopefully things will change in a bad direction, which is moving towards that. So there are lots of grants given to women as a priority. Uh, we have quota in parliament, we have quota in board of directors in, um, in all the national uh, positions. Um, quota is absolutely not good, but it's good for developing countries because it kind of forces women to go uh, forward to these positions. 
we have now precedent of Kosovo is a woman and she's quite young. So there are uh, many cases where younger generation could see them as role models so that they can they could uh, aspire for uh, for for their success. But uh, absolutely, education, mentoring, uh, nurturing them towards success is uh, something that uh, each of well, each of us needs to scale in in any next step that we uh, we have our own journey. Speaking of which, you co-founded a social enterprise as well, am I right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've talked about it a little bit, but I'm curious if you see any differences in, between women and men in Kosovo in that respect. Do you think that more women are starting businesses with an eye to create creating social enterprises? Is it the same? What has been your experience in that regard, if any? Um, I have never met a man who is doing any kind of sustainable business or social entrepreneurship. Really? It's more women. And okay. this is, uh, I think, again, it is uh, more related to caring more for other people and because that's one of sort of the definition why it's uh, not a business, but it's social entrepreneurship because you spread uh, more the, the profit instead of keeping everything for yourself as let's say, a founder of a business. And uh, and at the same time, it's uh, more careful in terms of all the steps that are uh, being done in the process as part of sustainability. In my case, we do uh, hand knitting um, and it's like 100% organic. It's We don't use any machines or anything. It's all about uh, yarn that we import and then we give to uh, the marginalized women in Kosovo. They make products and then we sell. Um, but uh, uh, there are other cases of women that I, I know that are doing uh, social entrepreneurship and it's it's still new in Kosovo. It's not something that uh, have happened for a long time. Uh, it's still also new as a concept in, in Kosovo, but uh, as a trend, if I were to choose between two, I've seen more women doing this business than men. And this is not like being biased because I work for for women entrepreneurs or with uh, women in general, because with SwissCP, we definitely support both women and men, and we help them grow their business uh, by um, through capacity building and, uh, and investment. Um, but uh, all what I've seen so far, it's more women who are going towards this direction. So Kosovo recently passed legislation around social entrepreneurship in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, in the definition, it actually says that it has to be targeting marginalized populations or you have to employ a number of those marginalized populations. I was really interested in that because it seems to restrict a little bit what you can do. And certainly my definition of social entrepreneurship is that you have a stakeholder lens rather than a shareholder lens, but it doesn't mean that the main activity of your organization needs to be that you're addressing poverty or something that is traditionally the, the area of a third sector. Have you seen the impacts that that law has had or, or, or are people engaging, and I know it's new, but are people engaging more broadly with the idea of social entrepreneurship as a making money and having a positive environmental or social impact at the same time. Yeah, it's absolutely a different definition from um, your definition in Kosovo. Uh, you're right. It's more 
attracting the, the poverty type of scale uh, of uh, businesses. And uh, in practice, what's happening is that, first of all, there is no social entrepreneurship category to register your business. So you're either an NGO or you're a business. And then there are other categories uh, within the businesses. So um, as, a, as a first step, like you register your business as a business, not social entrepreneurship. And then um, there, the only benefit that you can get as social entrepreneurship is by grants. So it's not that you will like benefit anything uh, in particular as a business uh, if you're going to social entrepreneurship. And it's true. Uh, I'm not sure whether this came due to UNDP support because uh, UNDP was um, almost like a driving force uh, financially and everything who helped uh, the government to build up the law of social entrepreneurship. And I'm not sure whether there was an influence in there to kind of um, help more marginalized uh, groups of Kosovo uh, grow through social entrepreneurship or what was the story behind it. But it's true that um, most of the social entrepreneurship's aim is to hire or support marginalized women um, or marginalized group in general. And, um, and to some extent also help. Like there are some other cases, let's say that as a business, 1% of your profit could go to, let's say, a different organization that uh, help different uh, marginalized group in Kosovo. So that's like also part of the of being social and entrepreneur enterprise in Kosovo. I mean, you're describing a, a pretty vibrant environment in Kosovo at the moment. What, what, where are the bright spots for you moving forward for, for entrepreneurs in Kosovo, both men and women? Yeah, I think we do have lots of positive energy in general. Um, as a country, um, we are young in age, but at the same time, we're very, very friendly with each other. And uh, networking is very powerful everywhere in the world. And it's uh, much easier in Kosovo because we are a small country. So we know pretty much um, each other a lot, um, like each of them, they know their sector and uh, the, the journey gets easier in a way. But in general, I think that the, the brightest part is that uh, this, this excitement for success and uh, to work is always more like it triggers you to, to work more and more. And uh, especially for me uh, to see many young women doing um, a lot of work, um, it's, it's very inspiring. Um, I'm sure you will meet uh, Mrika soon, uh, one of the ladies uh, who is the youngest in the world who uh, reached the seven highest peaks in the world. She's only 19 now and she was 18 when she did all this journey. So there are lots of new women that are um, like always surprising me positively with um, not just their positive energy, but really having visions of uh, using that uh, small journey that they had and uh, making a, a business out of it and, and even growing and helping other people and uh, have this uh, multiplicatory effect in, in, in all of what they're doing. Arta Estrefi is an experienced private sector development advisor, an ecosystem builder, and a PhD candidate focused on entrepreneurship. She is based in Pristina, Kosovo. Design Influence is brought to you by the Protagonist Network, a community of global impact-driven entrepreneurs learning and growing together to build a new economy 
They're using design-led trainings and tools and innovating cross-borders. For details on programming, head to protagonistnetwork.com.